Are you ready to bless the Lord today? Okay, let's go to the book of Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, as we give everyone the opportunity to sow their seed, to give, their, to give an offering, and to worship God. Don't forget, one of the things that I emphasize when we receive an offering, it's that it's a form of worship. It's a form of what? It's a form of worship. I don't want you to ever forget that. Don't ever come with an offering without a heart of worship. Because you see, some people think that worship ends when we stop playing the guitar and the keyboard and stop singing. We have not stopped worshiping since we came in here. Did you hear me? Because worship, to be honest with you, has little or nothing to do with musical instruments. Now, musical instruments are good because they enhance worship. Musical instruments are good because they are vehicles. But real worship comes from my heart. Real worship comes from where? From my heart. That's where real worship comes from. So when we give to the Lord, it's an act of worship. The Bible even talks about not coming to God's house empty-handed. So when we give, it's an act of worship. We are worshiping God with our giving. And I want us to understand that as we give to the Lord today. It's so important that we understand that, that we're giving to worship. Your giving today has to be an act of worship. Can someone say amen? Amen. Have you seen Galatians chapter 6? Let's look at verse 7. He says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now, look at the word whatsoever. If you study the word out in the Greek language, whatsoever means whatsoever. I I thought I was going to get someone's attention by that. If you study up that word whatsoever, it means whatsoever. Whatsoever means whatsoever. Somebody's getting it today. Whatsoever means whatsoever. I said whatsoever means whatsoever. That's why I've told you over and again that when it comes to giving, everything is involved. Tell your neighbor everything is involved. When it comes to giving, everything is involved. In actual fact, we live on a daily basis to give. When it comes to giving, everything is involved. We live on a daily basis to give. We are always giving something every day. We are always sowing seeds every day. For whatsoever a man sows, that he shall reap. Whatsoever means whatsoever. I know when it comes to the subject of giving, a lot of people are z- have zeroed giving down to money alone. But if you notice, the Bible does not say when you give money. It's whatsoever you give. Money is part of the whatsoever. Your words is part of whatsoever. Are you listening to me? 
Whatsoever a man sows, that he shall reap. And the good thing about the harvest, that is when it's a positive harvest. And that is because you've sown good seeds. Is that the harvest is always bigger than the seed. Always. This is one of the major principles of the seed. The harvest is always bigger than the seed. When the harvest comes in, it comes in bigger. It comes in more. The Bible says, good measure. Pressed down. Shaking together and running over. That is what the harvest is. The harvest is always bigger than the seed. Don't forget it. It's a principle of the seed. The harvest is always bigger than the seed. That is the reason why everyone here must be careful what they are sowing. We've come to the end of the year 2018. The hype will begin. You know what the hype is? 2019 will be the year of this. 2019 will be the year of that. 2019, will this will happen. 2019, that will happen. Almost everyone wants to hear the word of the Lord for their church this year. For 2019. But can I tell you? 2019 is not going to bring anything. Only God brings things. Amen. And God brings things to people that have sown seeds. No, listen. Listen to me now. Because some people kind of turned off on that. The year does not bring anything good. Neither does the year bring anything bad. The year is just a change of dates and calendar. The year is just a change of date and calendar. In actual fact... God does not use the calendar of man. Let's just settle that once and for all. 2018, 2019. No, 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 no. People are getting all hyped up. Now, I understand why people get hyped up. The positive is this. The year 2018, as we come to the year 2018, the end, this is tomorrow, which is tomorrow. Which is tomorrow. tomorrow can be your point of reference. I understand that. Point of reference. So I can say tomorrow, I begin a new walk with God. My point of reference. Tomorrow, something big happens to me. I step into something new. It's my point of reference. So I understand that when it comes to using tomorrow as a point of reference. But the year 2019 don't bring nothing. It is what you sow you reap. Don't think to yourself, you're going to be sowing bad seeds in 2018, evil seeds. You're going to be doing all, doing all kinds of crime in 2018. And then 2019, bah, praise the Lord. No. The word of God can never be broken. Whatsoever a man sows. Whatsoever a man sows. That he reaps. So I stand here this morning to say, if you've been sowing good seeds in 2018, the harvest is going to come in 2019. Amen. Oh my God, the amen, amen, that amen needs prayer. <laughs> Receive in Jesus' name. Because that amen needs prayer. If you've been sowing seeds in 2018, you're going to reap a harvest. Amen. The harvest you reap is going to depend on the seeds you sowed. The harvest you reap depends on the seed you sowed. This is not abracadabra. This is not magic. 
It is seed time and harvest time. As long as the earth remains, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night, sowing and reaping shall not cease. As long as, is the earth still here? Is winter still here? Is summer still here? Is day and night still here? Is cold and heat still here? Is sowing and reaping still here? Be deceived. God cannot be mocked. I'm going to do whatever I like. New Year's Eve, I will change. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. And praise God, people are welcome to change uh, tomorrow. But then when you change tomorrow, you start doing the right things. And start sowing the right seed. Do you even know that the word of God is seed? Whatsoever a man sows, he that takes the word of God and puts it in him will bring a harvest. Harvest shall come. The harvest shall come to those who have sown the word, the truth, into them. It's when the troubles of life come, it will not move you. No, the year 2019 is not going to be, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord, everything. For the believer who has the word, yes, it shall be so. But for those who don't have the word, troubles come. And the same problems that come to believers come to unbelievers. Or let's say the same problems that come to unbelievers try to come to believers. But then it is only those who have the seed of the word. The substance will fight off the attack. The real thing on the inside. The word that you have sown in you in 2018 will fight off. The attack will push back the tide of the devil. The devil is not going to encroach into your life, into your finance, into your ministry, into your business. Because you carry something on the inside of you that's greater than what the devil is doing. He's going to try to put sickness on your body. But you know by the stripes of Jesus you were healed. You've been sowing that word. You do not wait until sickness comes before you begin to pray. You, you do it before sickness tries to come. And then, then when the sickness tries to come, there is this thing in you that pushes back. On that which the devil is trying to put on your body. Are you listening now? Are you listening now? So everything we do is seed. Say to your neighbor, everything we do is seed. Everything we do is seed. Say it one more time. Everything we do is seed. The words you speak, they are seed. Whatsoever a man soweth, if you are speaking behind people's back, you have, a, you have a harvest coming. Oh, my God. No, listen to me. This is the truth. Preaching the truth. My God, some of you thought, well, pastor is not going to talk about money, 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 money. Why should I just talk about money, 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 when in actual fact people sold their money, but they shoot themselves in the leg and hinder their harvest of money? No, don't ever think that, oh, if you just go to church, give your money, give your money, God will... No, listen, there are other factors involved. Amen. This is not a greedy message. Amen. Let me give money to become a millionaire. Let me give, give 1000 to have $100,000. I will never preach that rubbish. Are you listening to me? There are other things involved. After you've given your seed financially, you live the life that God's called you to live. You don't go home and start shooting yourself in the leg. You don't bring drug money. You don't bring money, you swindle. We don't want that kind of money. Good place to say amen. amen. 
Bible says, honor the Lord with your substance from righteous labor. Not from unrighteous labor. Not from unrighteous labor. That's why some people don't like to come here. <laughs> from righteous labor. You work hard. You earn your money. Whether it's weekly or monthly. Or quarterly. And you bring that money to honor God and God will honor you. Your money is not sanctified. Your drug money does not get sanctified by tithing. Someone was someone. Now listen, because I deal with people. I deal with people. I deal with people. Somebody was telling me a number of years ago, Pastor Godwell, you know, yeah, I know I'm swindling people, but you know, what if I tithe? Is it not clean? No, it's not clean. Your tithe does not purify the money. In actual fact, the money is not unclean. Your heart is unclean. It's you. Money don't cleanse your heart. Repentance cleanses your heart. The blood of Jesus cleanses your heart. Just searching. You're not saying amen. What's up with you guys? Say amen. It looks like I'm too, I'm too strong this morning. Say amen. Good. Are you guilty? Because see, when we're preaching like this, those that are free will shout. Those that are free will shout. Those that know that they are free, they'll shout the loudest, Amen. Amen. I'm hitting the nail on the head. Because then you have, you have those who, my God, pastor is talking to me. Pastor knows what I'm doing. Listen, I'm not talking to you because I know necessarily what you're doing, but I've lived in this country for a long time to know what people do. Look at my forehead. Do you see, do you see stupid here? No, not stupid. I know what people do. I know. That's why we preach this message. Because this message is to set people free from greed. This giving message is not just to give you a bunch of money and give you a nice car and give you a nice house. This message is designed to set you free from the power of greed. Lust for money. Greediness. I want to have it today. What shall it profit a man? If he gains the whole world, but he loses his soul. What? What? What can a man give in exchange for his soul? You don't buy favor with money. You don't buy God's blessing with money. You don't have the money. You don't have the money to buy God's favor. And favor that is bought is not favor. Because you don't pay for favor. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. And those that have been favored by God. They walk in God's favor and they see God's favor make a way for them. And they come back and they say, God, thank you for what you've done. I want to give you the glory because it is your favor that has made the way for me. Not conniving and scheming and doing all kinds of crazy stuff just to make some, some money. And then at the end, they lose their life. At the end, they lose their life. The Bible says this, that there is a way that seemeth right to men. The end of that way is destruction. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. Let your amen be the loudest. Amen. 
Praise God. Whatsoever. So there are good seeds and there are bad seeds. Tell your neighbor there are good seeds. There are bad seeds. Tell your neighbor every good seed will produce good harvest. Then say vice versa. <laughs> Smile at me. I love you. Love you. A, a, a preacher needs to preach the truth, not tickle people's ears. Tell them what they like. Praise God. Thank you, bro. Tickle their ears. Tell them what they like. Tell them what they want to hear. Because, you know, if you tell them what they like, they'll come to your church. If you tell them what they want to hear, they will like you. They'll even give you some of the money. I don't want, I don't want that money. I don't want. Keep your money. Keep your money. Keep your money. Praise God. Hallelujah. Notice in the Bible, God rejected some offerings. God. If the pastor doesn't have an idea, and you think, oh, ha, 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 I just gave now. Wow, they don't know that I got the money from. <laughs> Man may not know, but God knows. God says no. Think, think, remember Cain? Cain, he brought his offering. And God says, uh, uh, Bible says God rejected Cain and his offering. Not just his offering, but rejected him too. Rejected the man. And when a man is rejected, everything he gives is rejected. Amen. Get out of here. <laughs> get, get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Repent first. But God accepted Abel and his offering. So God rejects offerings. So those who think, oh, they just want my money, money, money. Yeah, listen. You may bring it and God might say, I don't want it. I don't want your money. The pastor may take it, but God may not take it. Because ultimately, it's God that we're giving to. Amen. I say it's God we're giving to. Amen. I say it's God that we're giving to. So I say, Pastor God, well, you keep saying you, we give to God. How do you say we give to God when we give it to church? Listen, whenever you give, you're giving to God. Amen. Even when you give to the poor, you're giving to God. Amen. Are you listening to me? When you give to the least amongst us, you're giving to God. When you help someone pay their rent because they are struggling financially in the church, you're giving to God. Amen. When you help someone pay their hospital bill in the church, you're giving to God. Amen. What did Jesus say? Many shall come, they shall stand uh, before me on that day, the goat on my left, the sheep on my right. And I shall say to the sheep, I was sick. You visited me. 
I had no food, you gave me food. I have no house, you gave me a house. Because you, then, then they will ask you, say, Lord, why did we do it for you? Because you've done it to the least of these, my brethren. You've done it unto me. Now, now, let me say this. Now, let me say it because, you know, a lot of people have used that scripture out of context. Out of context. Now, the whole thing now that's happening in the body of Christ is the church should be helping the poor. Uh, people should be helping the poor instead of tithing. Should, people should be helping the poor instead of giving to the house of God. Now, listen. Listen to what Jesus said. You've done it to the least of these, my brethren. My brethren. He did not say you've done it to poor people all across the world. These ones you've done it to are my brethren. In actual fact, in context, he was talking about helping Christians that are poor. <laughs> Go read it in context. Don't come up with this nonsense idea that, oh, we have to help every poor person on the planet. I am for helping poor people. But in context... He's not saying because you help poor people in Sudan, or you help poor people in Nigeria, or you help poor people in, what, in Ethiopia, or you help poor people in America, or you help poor people in... Oh, you think poor people are not in America? <laughs> They're poor people in America. I was in Italy the other time, and I was telling my pastor host, I said, hey, pastor, you, you. with respect, of course, but you people are very poor. No, I wasn't talking to him. I was telling him about his. No, the people are very poor. Poor. When he was telling me the taxation, the taxation, it would just shock you. The taxation. Do you think uh, every European is rich? Give me a break. Give me a break. No. No. Was it Riga the other day, or, or Poland, right? Warsaw. I was on the street. Someone was begging me for money. Ha. Huh. <laughs> you white man <laughs> in Europe begging me for money. Yes. Because not everyone, not a, listen to me. Most people in the nations are poor. Period. Period. It's just as you come, let me not say you. In what they call the third world countries, you compare your poverty with their poverty. And you think they are rich. But in reality, many are very poor. Many live under the bridge. Many have no homes. Are you still here? Huh? Whatsoever a man sows, that he rapes. Amen. That he rapes. Amen. Now, I like the way it's said in the Amplified Classic. I really like it. Let, let me read that in the Amplified Classic. Is this helping anybody? Yes. Verse 7, do not be deceived and deluded and misled. God will not allow himself to be snared at, scorned, disdained, or mocked by mere pretensions or professions or by his precepts being set aside 
he inevitably deludes himself who attempts to delude God. For whatever a man sows, that and that only is what he will reap. <laughs> I like the Amplified Classic. It's amazing. Whatsoever a man sows, that and that alone is what he's going to reap. That alone is what he's going to reap. Don't delude yourself thinking you're deluding God. Don't, don't mock yourself thinking you're mocking. Don't say, oh, I, God will not see what I'm doing. God will not take notice. God does not know. I turn off the light. He doesn't know. <laughs> he knows everything. Even in the darkest dark, he sees. Praise God. I said, praise God. I said, praise God. Say it with me. Everything I do is seed. Say it one more time. Everything I do is seed. Very important. This is so important. Everything we do is seed. Everything. Amen. Amen. And every seed produces a harvest. You know, you get to the place where you realize, even as I'm teaching and preaching on this subject, some of you are sitting here this morning, and you begin to realize, I've sown some bad seeds. So, Pastor Godwell, what should I do? I've sown some very bad seeds. What should I do? Well, you know, if you sow a bad seed, I believe you can pray and ask God for crop failure. For crop what? Failure. Crop failure. That was a crop failure. Lord, set your fire on that, on that seed. Let it not produce crop failure. You know, some farmers actually have crop failure, right? Something goes wrong and their harvest does not come. If you have sown some bad seeds, you can say, Lord, please. I want the crop to fail. Let it not produce. But you can't pray that prayer until you are willing to repent fully. <laughs> say, Lord, I'm not going to sow bad seeds anymore. I repent from the ones I've sown. Cause the crops to fail. Cause the crops to fail. And from today, I shall begin to sow the right seeds. And you know what? God's going to step in. God's going to help you. Can someone say amen? God's going to help you. Because see, God's merciful. God is what? Merciful. God's a God of mercy. The Bible says His mercies are new every morning. God's a God of mercy. Now, this is not a, this is not a message to condemn anybody. No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. I'm not up here to beat you up or beat you down and condemn you. No. Amen. I'm here to say to you, there is hope. Amen. There is hope. Amen. If you would make the changes, there is hope. Amen. God can pick you up from where you are and lift you up and put you on a pedestal. Before the year 2019 is over, people shall be amazed at the things that God shall do in your life. Amen. There is hope. There is hope. There is hope. There is hope. Because in God you cannot be hopeless. There is hope for you. There is a way. There is hope. 
When you get God involved in the mess, God will turn the mess into a miracle. God will turn the mess into a testimony. There is hope. That's what I'm here to declare today. There is hope for each person. I've seen people who were messed up, who were doing wrong stuff, and maybe talking to them or preaching to them, and then they made that change that was necessary. You look at their lives today, and you look at their life from where they're coming from, you know that God has brought them from a place of darkness into the place of light and place of glory. And today they can stand and testify that God is good, because God will never condemn. God will never reject when you come to him, his arms are wide open. He takes you and he walks in you and he lifts you up and he displays you to the world. And the world will know that you serve a living God. Come on, if you're in the house, give the Lord a big shout of praise the Lord. Come on. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So that's what God does. That's what God does. He changes lives. He takes you and he, he renews you. But there's got to be the sincerity. I am honest with you. I'm not going to play games anymore. I'm going to give you 100%. Take my life. Use it for your glory. Can someone say amen? Can someone say amen? Can someone say amen? My God, you need to go study the life of David. Go study the life of David. That's what I'm studying right now. When the first king of Israel drove David out of the kingdom. David ran out of the kingdom, but then David found himself some men. These were men who were, I don't know, how do you, how do you say it? These were worthless men. Useless, exactly. These were worthless men. They were worthless men. They came Along with David, because you know, sorrow has company, right? They looked at David. This is the man that the king is driven out of the kingdom. Now David is running from place to place to place. In one situation, this morning I was reading, he came to the king of Gath. Don't forget, David was the one that slew Goliath. He came to the king of Gath. And the man in Gath said to the king of Gath, Do you not recognize this man? That this is that David. The mighty one. The one that the people of Israel cried out. And Saul has slain his thousands. And David his ten thousands. This is that David. And the Bible says, and David feared greatly. David feared greatly. And David knew that something bad could happen to him. You know what David did? David began to let his Peter run down his beard. And he acted like a madman. That was how bad the condition David was in. Spittle began to run down his mouth and run all over his beard. And the king of Gath said to his men, Why do you bring me a madman? I don't need a madman. Because David was pretending to be mad. That was how bad his condition was. So when those worthless men saw that David was in this predicament and they themselves had been worthless, they said, Okay, let's gang up with David. Let's hook up with David. Let's all run together. Do you know what? Those men became David's mighty men. Those men became David's mighty men. They became the leaders of the nation of Israel when God set David up. 
because they hooked up with David. And when it was time for promotion, they were all promoted together. God can take anybody and use anybody from nowhere and pick them up and raise them up and set them up for the world to see. When it came to the time when David said, Lord, my biggest desire is to build you a house. I want to build you a house. This is my biggest dream. This is my biggest quest to build the Lord a temple where people would come and worship. And David was desiring to do that. And the prophet came to David and said, The Lord said, You shall not build it because you're a man of war. You fought so many battles. You've killed so many. You cannot build it. But your son shall build it. Solomon is a man of peace. He shall build my house. David said, If I cannot build it, I'll pay for it. <laughs> my God. If I cannot build it, I'll pay. And my God, David got these men, these worthless men, who are now mighty men. God can take you from worthlessness to the place of where you become mighty. God can take you from a place of nobody to somebody. God can play, take you from a place where nobody knows you to where everyone knows you. And even presidents shall begin to call on you. And they shall begin to ask about you and tell you to come. I'm telling you, God has raised up people. God has raised up people. And God's about to raise somebody up. And if that is you, then let your amen be the loudest in the house this morning. So, David said, I, can't pay. I cannot build. Lord, I can't build it. My God, this is my biggest dream. This is my biggest desire to build you a temple. David, no, you're not going to build it. Okay, but I can pay for it. I can pay for it. David said, okay, my guys, come together. Let's plan. And David got from his, listen, from the kingdom he gave, from his personal treasure he gave, and his men also gave. Listen, I don't have the time to do the calculation, but if you calculate what David alone gave, it was not less than one billion U.S. dollars in our day and time. His men together gave more, ten times more than what David gave. These were broke guys. These were street boys. These were worthless men. These were people no one wanted to have anything to do with. But I also believe the people you connect with is important. <laughs> I like that. My God, you connect with the right people, something is good, something good is going to happen to you. I say you connect with the right people, something good is going to happen to you. I say you connect with the right people, something good is going to happen to you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those men connected with David. And as David got blessed, they got blessed. Praise God. Tomorrow we're going to hear testimonies of people who have connected to this place. And because of this connection, because here's what happens. The anointing is relational. The anointing is contagious. The, <laughs> I said the anointing is contagious. What? Contagious. The anointing is contagious. When you begin to rub shoulders and hang out with anointed people, the same anointing will begin to rub off on you. The same anointing will begin to walk in your favor. The same anointing that opened doors for this ministry will begin to open doors for you. The same anointing that brings favor over this ministry will begin to bring favor over your life as you connect 
with this ministry. Something connects to you, and that's called the anointing that brings glory and favor and fame and popularity and blessing and open doors. Come on now, give the Lord praise in the house this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> glory to God. The people you are connected with. Sometimes people connect with all kinds of people that don't do, not do them no good. You know, some people are, let me say it this way. Some people are leeches. You know what a leech is? A leech is like, it's this thing that, like a, like a bug, insect. It stays on you and it sucks your blood. It's like vampire. It's a parasite. And just be sucking, <laughs> sucking the daylight out of you. Oh, yeah. Some people, the only time they call you is when they have a need. When they need you to help them. Are you there? Yeah, no, I'm not here. <laughs> where have you been? No, where, where have you been since 2018? Now, are you around? Around for what? But some people are good friends. The Bible said there is a friend that's ticket closer than a brother. Some people are good friends. And that's one of the things that I need you to believe God for in 2019. God to bring you the right people. God to bring you the right people. To knock away all the wrong people. Knock away all the leeches. Knock away all those people who don't want to change. They are just there to take advantage of you. And bring you the right people around your life. Around your family. Around your business. Around your job. Around everything you do. Bring you the right people. 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 And the right people will love you for who you are, not for, what they, not for what you give them. The right people will love you for who you are. They love you even with your mistakes. And they give you grace and mercy. They love you. They just love you, not because you give them anything. They love you. They love you. They love you. They'll stand with you. I need some friends to stand with me. I don't need people who talk me down. I don't need people who don't want me to succeed. I don't need people who all they do is fight me. Well, if you want to fight, fight from a distance. But I want some that are close. Those that are close. Those that are going to hold up my hand. Those that are going to say, Pastor, we are with you. We stand with you. We believe in your vision. We believe in the ministry. We believe in what God has given to you. Can someone shout hallelujah? Those are the kind of friends you need. Friends in business. Friends in business who are there for your benefit. Today it's crazy. You employ people to work for you. They start working for you three months later. They, they're skimming behind your back to start business from your business. Oh, yes. Everyone is here to hustle. I'm not a hustler. I say I'm not a hustler. You are not a hustler. But I have to start my own. Yeah, you, you can start your own, but why start your own from off the back of another person's? Come on now. I'm preaching, thank you. Why start your own from off the back of someone else who was put, putting 10 years into that business? When you get into that business, go into that business and take it like your own. Amen. And support the business and make sure the business grows. If your presence is not adding to the business, then scram. 
And listen, if you're a boss, you have a company, you have people working for you, if they're not adding any value, tell them to scram. Show them the door. You know what I mean? Pastor, you're not merciful. Oh, yes. (laughs) I'm merciful. I'm very merciful. No, because why are you in a place and you're not adding any value? That is why I keep preaching that people need to get to the place where they are indispensable. Tell your neighbor, become, be indispensable. Don't, don't be one of those guys that they can easily kick out. <laughs> you know, some people, if they leave an organization, the organization will suffer. That is who you are supposed to be. Yes. And that requires developing yourself. If you are not there, they should miss you. Amen. If you say, I want to go, they, they increase your salary. But if you say, I want to go, they say, yeah, that's the door. <laughs> leave. Leave. Don't let it hit you. <laughs> Be fast as you leave. Then it means you're not adding value. You've got to be a man. You've got to be a woman. You've got to be a believer in Christ that adds value wherever you are. Add value to the relationships you have. Add value to the lives of people that you are in relationship with. Add value to their life. Don't always take, 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 take. Give me, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. I can take all you can give me. (laughs) Everyone say, give me, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. I can take all you can give me. That shouldn't be you. Give me, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. I can take all you can give me. Add value. Look to bless. Look to support. Look to help. And you see, when you're looking to be a blessing to other people, God will use you as a blesser. Amen. One thing we must settle here once and for all is you are not the source. You are just a pipe. You are not the source. You are just a conduit. You are not the source. You are just the hose. You know, like the water hose, the fire hose, that's what you are. You're not the source. God is a source. God is a source. And this God is good. And God wants to bless other people. But he wants a pipe. He wants the horse. He wants a conduit. He wants a man. He wants a woman that he can use. Someone say amen. amen. So in your relationships, you have to be a blessing. Be a blessing to the house of God. Be a blessing to those around you. Be a blessing to your neighbors. Be a blessing to the, your colleagues. It should not be centered around you. It's not all about you. Can someone shout hallelujah? hallelujah. Am I preaching? Yeah. Is somebody getting anything? Yeah. Anybody getting anything? Look at what it says in verse 8. For he who sows to his own flesh. Wow. He who sows into his own flesh. Even as we round up the year 2018. 
This is the last Sunday. Many in this year have sown into their own flesh. That is why I was talking about praying that the crops will fail. He who sows into his flesh. There are so many things that people do to sow into their flesh. At one point, really, I began to pray. I said, Lord, my prayer point for this year, not this year, but sometime in the past. I said, Lord, my prayer point is Jude and verse 24. Jude and verse 24. He says there he is able to keep you from falling. To present you spotless. Before the presence of his glory. I said, Lord, keep me from falling on a daily basis. Present me spotless before the glory of your presence daily. Almost every day, I pray that prayer. Keep me from falling. Because I don't want to sow to my flesh. Because if you sow into your flesh, you shall reap from your flesh. The Bible says, he that sows to his flesh, the lower nature, sensuality, will from the flesh reap decay and ruin and destruction. They shall reap decay and ruin and destruction. That's why I've said to you earlier on that this message on giving, this message on sowing and reaping is not zero down to money. That it is possible that you give a lot of money, but it is also possible you're sowing into your flesh. And if you sow into your flesh, you will definitely ruin your life. Corruption, ruin, destruction. Shall come if you sow into the flesh. You sow into the flesh. Stop sowing into the flesh. Stop sowing into the flesh. Stop sowing into the flesh. 2019 is a time to live holy. 2019 is going to be a year to sow into the spirit. 2019, we're not going to sow into the flesh. I said, we shall not sow into the flesh in 2019. I said, we shall not sow into the flesh in 2019. Yeah. I said, we shall not sow into the flesh in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, I'm not going to sow into the flesh in 2019. In Jesus' name. Go back one page before. One page back. Go back to, go to Galatians chapter 5. We're still in Galatians 6. I'm not leaving our text. We're going, going back to Galatians 6. But because it's now talking about sowing into the flesh, let's look at Galatians chapter 5. Is this helping anybody today? <laughs> look at verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. So when the Bible talks about sowing into the flesh, now we can see what the flesh is and what the flesh does. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are adultery. That's the work of the flesh. 
of adultery is when you are one, either one is married, but then going out with someone else. You know what I mean? A married person going out with someone else. Cheating on his wife or cheating on her husband. That's what adultery is. That's sowing into the flesh. Bible said marriage is honorable in all. Bed on the fire. But whoremongers and adulterers, God shall judge. One of the biggest reasons for divorce is infidelity. Infidelity, unfaithfulness to your spouse. God says, no, don't get into adultery. But see, there is spiritual adultery too. God said, you adulterous generation. But you see, spiritual adultery is when people that are supposed to be serving God and living totally for God begin to prostitute themselves with the things of the world. That's spiritual adultery. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. For he that loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Come out from among them and be ye separate. And I shall receive you. And I shall be your God and you shall be my son. (laughs) That's the word of God. (laughs) Amen. Amen. That's the word of God. So when you begin to associate with things that you know grieves the heart of God, that's spiritual adultery. <coughs> adultery, fornication. That is, of course, with those that are not married. Those that are not married. If you're not married, don't touch. No laying on of hands. No lips minister. That's a good place to say amen. amen. Pastor, we, we were having a prayer meeting. And I was laying hands on her. And before you know it. <laughs> don't lay hands. Don't lay hands. Don't lay hands. Keep your hands in your pocket. (laughs) (sighs) Laying on of hands. Laying hands ministries international. Don't lay hands. And young girls, you're not married. Let nobody lay hands on you. If they... don't, Don't you... Don't you touch me. My body is holy. Don't you touch me. Don't you touch me with those filthy hands. Don't you touch me. I'm a holy girl. Don't you see written on me holiness unto... (laughs) Don't you see it on my head, holiness unto the Lord? Don't you see it? Are you spiritually blind? Why are you touching me? Why do you want to touch me? 
And young, young, young people, to get, people, to get the other person not to touch you, don't be in a place with them. All alone. Telling me I went on evangelism. <laughs> I was reaching the lost. <laughs> I, was try, I, I was trying to win souls. No, 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 no. You don't win souls like that. He had a demon. I was casting a demon out. No. Don't cast the demon out alone. Bring her to church. Bring her to church. We'll help you cast the demon out. Kalabashaka. Come out now. Even our staff will tell you. Ask them. They'll tell you. I don't, I don't meet with anybody uh, of the opposite sex in the office when I'm alone. We don't do that. It's against ministerial ethics. We don't do it. The office will be packed with people. If any girl wants to come and talk to me, the office is packed. Don't come to talk to me when I'm alone. <laughs> Pastor, are you in the office? I'm going home. <laughs> 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 I'm actually, I'm about to leave. I'm closing the office now. <coughs> no, don't come to my office when I'm alone. I'm about to leave. See you somewhere. See you in church. But it's urgent. Yeah, it's urgent I go home too. <laughs> so our staff, they'll come into my office, they'll look at me, Pastor, um, Oh, okay, we cannot go. Yeah, of course you cannot go. Sit, wait, wait, stay in the office, don't go anywhere. When I'm done, then we can all go. I cannot fall. I'm too strong. <laughs> the Bible says, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he falls. You'll be surprised. One moment you think you cannot fall, the next moment you're getting up the bed. <laughs> Say, where? How? <laughs> when? When? Then it's late. It's already done. It's over. It's in your record. Now, you cry. You repent. You try to pray. Your prayer's not going anywhere. <laughs> now, you have to go and repent before the church. Oh, yeah. You get to a certain level where you, this, your sin cannot be secret. Cannot be, your sin cannot be secret. If you have a spouse, you tell her. You tell him. That is what you've done. Confess it. You have pastor, you come to tell your pastor. No, but I can repent to God. Oh, yeah, you didn't sin against God alone. You also sinned against your spouse. For two shall become one. And so now, you have a big problem on your hands. Now you want deliverance, but no deliverance until restitution is complete. 
Restitution. You know what restitution is? To give back what you took. Confess your sin one to another. Pray one for another that ye may be healed. <laughs> so until restitution happens, you see you're not fully healed. And because of hidden sin, people are sick. Pastor, it was last year. Yeah, don't mean nothing. Don't mean because it was last year you swept it under the carpet. Sin cannot be swept under the carpet. Sin has to be repented, confessed and repented from. Amen. That's when true deliverance comes. <laughs> but I'm encouraged, man. I'm encouraged. <laughs> Uncleanness. Uncleanness. This is not necessarily adultery, fornication, but just un unclean. People are unclean. Sometimes uncleanness can come in the form of pornography. <coughs> unclean. Movies. Yeah, that's uncleanness. Unclean thoughts. You're always thinking unclean thoughts. See, all of this is sowing into the flesh. What shall it profit a man if he gains the world and loses the soul? Are you seeing that now? Are you seeing now how this works now? So you make a lot of money, you get a big house, you get a nice Ferrari, you're driving a Range Rover Sport, you're doing great, your business is booming, and, and so like God, like God is impressed. Well, God's not impressed. Because God knows that that person is sick in the soul. And that sickness needs to be removed. Because true prosperity is not material stuff. True prosperity is spiritual. Amen. When a man's way is pleasing to God. Amen. When a man puts his head on the pillow and sleeps well. Amen. When a man gets a knock on, the, on his door or hears his bell rings, but he wakes up boldly and opens the door. Amen. When your phone rings, you're not panicking who is calling me. Amen. But when your phone rings, this is how I, I live my life. When my phone rings... Ah, it's, uh, many times I hey, maybe it's a blessing. Somebody's about to give me something. Yeah, because I'm expecting. Ah, why should I be afraid? When my phone rings, oh, no, who is this? Ma mafia is about to come and catch me. No, mafia is not going to catch me. Mafia will not catch me. I have no dealing with mafia. Amen. Your phone rings. Hey, maybe it's that girlfriend. No. Oh, maybe it's my boyfriend. Oh. Oh. I have time, right? Oh, I have plenty of time. This is the last Sunday in 2018. So let me flow. <laughs> <laughs> Let me flow. This is revival, really. 
think about it, this is revival. This church, listen, this church is about revival. This church is a church in revival. That's why people say the presence of God is in this place. But you know what we've done over the years? Kudos to Pastors Corey and Rose. But my God, when they, when they went to the USA, West Palm Beach, and left my wife and I as the pastors here, we, we have to step up the game. You can't let the work die. You can't say, oh, okay, Pastor Corey and uh, Pastor Rose in America now, let's just leave everybody to do what they want. Everybody be free. Come do whatever you desire. No. Step up the game. Raise the standard. Amen. Amen. Because this is what we have done to maintain the presence of God. Amen. If you protect the anointing, the anointing will protect you. We've done to maintain the presence of God. And I've heard, I've heard Pastor Corey say every time he came here, literally almost every time he came here, he said to me, it's better. It's better. It's better. Amen. No kudos to me. No kudos to my wife. Glory to God. Amen. But he said, it's better. Amen. It's better. How many of you remember evangelist Vincent Skinner? He said to me, he said, and this is a man of God who has traveled the world, packed out auditoriums, thousands of people. He said to me when he was here, he said, I've preached in many places, but there is such a liberty in this place. <laughs> it's different here. He said, it's different here. <laughs> Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. hallelujah. Because see, there is something you do to maintain the presence of God. Amen. And one of the things you do to maintain the presence of God is preaching these kind of messages. Yes. Because these kind of messages are hot. When you preach like this, all the cockroaches will run out. <laughs> all the cockroaches. You know how when you turn on the light in your house? All the stuff, all the cockroaches run. Oh, they begin to run. Yeah, because light exposes darkness. Amen. The truth dispels error. Amen. That's why we preach like this. We don't preach like this to condemn anybody or put anybody down. We preach like this because we want to maintain a very high standard so that God's presence will be here all the time to touch people, to save people, to deliver people, to heal people. Because if we are running around and messing up and doing whatever we desire and give everyone the liberty to live any which way they desire, when a demon-possessed man shows up here, we shall not be able to cast the demon out. So this is more spiritual than you know it. And as we maintain this in the church, I want you to maintain this in your personal life. Lasciviousness. My God, that's a big word. But simple, really. It's just flesh, flesh, flesh. It's basically excess flesh. Adultery, idolatry, sorry, idolatry. Idolatry. Basically, that's when something 
takes first place in your life instead of God. Idolatry. It's not necessary. It's not just bowing down before a carved image. Because when people hear idolatry, they think about Africa. That's idolatry. There's a, there's that's idolatry in, in so many. The idolatry of some people in the West is Hollywood. Hollywood. The music industry. People come to church. I am a friend of God. I am a friend. They sing, I'm a friend of God. Holy, holy, you are glorious. Okay, finish singing. They go out, they're singing. <laughs> I don't even know what to sing. <laughs> Some of you know, tell me. <laughs> you sing it. Why pretend now? <laughs> you sing it. Come on, don't look at me like that. You know what I'm talking about. You sing it. You sing it. Huh? So you sing it. You're singing. <laughs> we are the world is good. We are the world is actually. We are the world. That, that's not, that's even clean. All the nonsense that. Listen to some of the lyrics. It's, it's crazy. I was telling the Bible school students yesterday, because in the Bible school, this session I've been teaching on angelology, which is a study of angels and demons. And I was telling them one of the ways to open the door to demons into your life. You know? All the music, listening to the music industry, listening to the music that they sing, listening to the lyrics. Don't just sing hip hop, hip hop, hip hop, hip hop, hip hop, hip hop, ha, 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 Don't just do that. Listen to the lyrics. <laughs> it's getting excited. It's getting excited. Listen to the lyrics. The lyrics is crazy. Death, rape, murder, uh, drugs. Exactly. And there you are. Namdi, help me because I don't know how to do this stuff. <laughs> Namdi, come and help me. I know. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Amos, any idea? Nah, you don't, you don't look like you have any idea. <laughs> You're always worshiping glory. They're always singing hallelujah. Christine, you definitely you know. <laughs> no, Christine knows. Definitely. Christine, don't you? <laughs> no, she doesn't. She doesn't. She can't even answer. <laughs> Who knows? French. French speakers. Huh? Huh? You all know. Papa Wemba. And <laughs> Kofu Lumidera. Oh, you know. No, because, you know, we have, we, we have a lot of French speakers here. Years ago, there were people who come to church, Congolese particularly, come to church and, you know, uh, 
Hallelujah, Hallelujah, praise God. Louis, 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 Jesus, Louis, Bambola, 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 yeah, Bambola, Pambola. Okay, Pambola. I thought I said Bambola, Bambola. Bambola is slap. Pambola, where's Pambola? Okay, Pambola, not not Bambola. It's Pambola. <laughs> pa, pa, pambola. Pambola, Pambola. And then people would leave and I, I would visit them sometimes. You get to the house. Who's, who is this guy on TV? <laughs> Who's this guy on TV? With ladies. <laughs> Ladies like wriggling their waist and <laughs> Pambola, Pambola, not Bambola. No, maybe some people need Bambola. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Where are we? Pambula. <laughs> Idolatry, witchcraft. No, I don't have time, man. Witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now listen to me. Listen now. Now when it says they shall not inherit the kingdom of God, it's not just talking about they're not going to go to heaven. The kingdom of God is here today. Because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Those who do these things cannot have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. They can't have these. These are the things that God wants you to have on a daily basis. Righteousness. Righteous living. Bold before God. Because it is righteousness, listen now, listen carefully. It is righteousness that enables you to come before God boldly. <laughs> Are you listening now? So when you kneel down to pray, you're bold. You're not questioning yourself. I hope God's hearing me. You don't finish praying and you go out and you say, oh, I hope I received. You don't go timid and panicky as you go into the presence of God because you're righteous. Because if you have sin that you're committing and you have things in your life that you've not repented from, every time you pray, your heart is judged. For if our hearts does not condemn us, we have boldness before God. Is that not what the Bible says? If our heart does not condemn us, we, don't, we, we have boldness before God. Praise God. I said, praise God. So sowing into the flesh, they reap corruption. But sowing into the spirit, they reap life everlasting. 
life everlasting. That's what God wants you to have. Everlasting life. Everlasting life. Sow into the Spirit. Spend time praying in the Holy Ghost. Sowing to the Spirit. I open the Word. I begin to read. I begin to read. I begin to read. I'm sowing into the Spirit. I'm sowing into the Spirit. Every opportunity I have, I reach the lost. I bring them to the saving knowledge of Jesus. I'm sowing to the Spirit. Every opportunity I have to be a blessing, I sow financially. I sow materially to be a blessing. I'm sowing into the Spirit. And the Bible says, from the Spirit and by the Spirit, you shall reap eternal life. Can someone shout Hallelujah. Come on, let your amen be loud in this place. Amen. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Come on, I said give the Lord a big hand of praise. Glory to God. 